0: The Spin Off Podcast Network. Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. The Investment Fix Podcast. Tune in today.
1: Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, Jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Team, koto katoa, no my, hide my key dietary requirements. The team is back together. Sophie and Alice are both in the house with me at the same time. Hooray! It was funny seeing you guys wish each other Happy New Year. It's already no. fucking February. Yeah. I
0: know. We've missed each other because a few have. people have said, it's been um, a long time. Alice is there and you're not. And then. I've done a couple without you, so last
2: time Simon forgot to mention that I was oh
0: my no, absolute. I
1: felt really bad about that. It's like I, I'd never existed. Oh, I remembered at the end, yes. but then I thought I'd just not mention it because mm. it, you know, felt good to nigga.
2: People tuning in must have just been like, "What the fuck? Where is the the, the heart and the soul of, this of this the show?" Yeah.
1: it's been really nice to receive your feedback in some really strange and weird places, including um, meetings. So shout out to Benny. Keep keep. Keep, keep hanging out with dietary requirements you, like share and subscribe you know get your mum onto it uh, and of course we wouldn't be here without the support of our wonderful uh, food sponsor Freedom Farms they make the best free range eggs and uh, delicious bacon and pork so please support them and buy their products from your supermarket uh, and we also wouldn't be here without the spin-off members. These are wonderful people who choose to support our work. So please, uh, if you're not a member, become a member. You can get a really cool uh, tea, tea towel. towel. I'll send you a dietary requirements badge.
2: He'll a sign it for you. I'll
1: sign it. I'll bake you a pie. If you, honestly, first person to sign up on the back of this, <laughs> I'll send you a, a steak and cheese pie, and if you're a vegetarian, I'll think of something.
0: Yeah, he'll do it. You make a good pie, so. a
1: so big food news of the of the month, I guess that we can call it, is uh, the closure, sort of sudden, surprising closure of um, Antoine's. Tony Esthu and his wife Beth have decided not to reopen this year. Feels you know really sad. Auckland institution, forty seven years it's been in the game. I uh, during those forty seven years, I never went. Sophia appears went. to be the only regular, yeah, which feels very on uh, Emerald Gilmore's brand.
0: Yeah. yeah, well, Emerald Gilmore used to own a restaurant with Tony Estel um, in downtown Auckland called um, Galway Street Bar and Brasserie, mm-hmm. uh, which is now where Mexico is in Bret-a-Mart. Um So I haven't been there a lot, but I've been there over the years. There's a story about my sister being two weeks old under the table. My mum and dad decided to go out for dinner, and they went to Antoine's. That's Mary Gilmore. Yeah, Mimi was under the table, which is... um, Which is where
1: Odette spent lots of her (laughs) life. where we we
0: all spent a lot of our childhoods. Um, And I remember going for um, sort of family events. Um, A few of the iconic dishes kind of stick out in my mind. I'll, I'll never eat... Licorice ice cream, or hmm. I'll never think of Antoine's without thinking about licorice ice cream. That they, sounds delicious. Yeah, they do a really beautiful um, chicken liver parfait. They have a chicken and leek pie. So they had a, two menus. One was the classics, and then there was always the new menu. And so Can the food was
2: French, but yeah. had a, a mix of so f- um, f- for old and new. People who don't are not familiar with Antoine's. There's probably lots of people. Forty seven was had been in Auckland for forty seven years and was what very classic. French
0: cooking. Yeah, so um, when Auckland didn't have restaurants serving international cuisine, mm-hmm. that's when Antoine's was born. And it's um, at that time, fine dining food was French cuisine. Yeah, and so that was the only kind of restaurant to open. Um, and so yeah, it had all the um, formalities of what a restaurant back then would have had. I think there's a really cool... Um, and did they hold
1: on to that until...
0: Yeah, I think there's a really cool like expose on the whole history of Antoine's um, that was once written by Denison or something, but it talks about how right from the beginning um, there you had to ring the doorbell and someone would come and let you in and greet you. So it was kind of like going to someone fancy's house, you know? They... Um, always a handsome waiter would open the door wearing a three-piece suit and he'd be charming as hell and um, right up until the end Tony was in the kitchen cooking with the chefs and there's all sorts of stories about him throwing pans and hurling abuse at the chefs and his wonderful wife Beth kind of being the wind beneath his wings or holding the whole thing together so I think you know it would be really nice to see some more stories from um, Antoine's and it sits in a really unassuming villa at the top of the Parnell village so it doesn't this doesn't stand out as, like, an iconic venue either. So it'll be really interesting to see what goes in next. And mm.
1: just, I guess, one of those pioneers in helping New Zealand discover what good food is. Because imagine going out to dinner in yeah. Auckland 50 years ago or anywhere in New Zealand. Like, what yeah. would have been Well, I think everyone was eating chicken, that kind soggy of veg.
0: British cuisine at that time, yeah. And I think, you know, although there's a whole lot of la out da to it, and it's not the kind of restaurant that I'm looking for when I go out now – I think that there's something really wonderful about um, it's like a a tension between being pretentious and being a champion of Auckland. So like bringing something that's really international to Auckland because why shouldn't Auckland have something that's internationally good um, has a real place and I think it's valuable. So it'll be sad for sure that it's over um, and many, many people will be sad about that. Um, My mum spoke about they did a, 40-year celebration, this was seven years ago, um, and a huge fundraiser, and they donated all the money to charity. And, you know, people have always been willing to show up and pay and celebrate Antoine, so it's end of an era.
1: It's absolutely a, a space for that sort of uh, cooking and experience. It's not a huge space. Yeah. You know, I think there's maybe Antoine's and sit at the French cafe. Hmm.
0: I mean, if I had to guess, I'd say they've been Cedar. battling in recent years because, you know, things have progressed so much. The landscape around them has gone from being a desert to being completely overpopulated with fantastic restaurants. So we don't have the population to sustain that. I'm sure the competition's been tough. Um, so, you know, it's probably timely as well.
2: I mean, do you did it feel going there? Did it feel a bit like a throwback?
0: in a funny way yes but also just felt like an overseas experience right it's not it's not there was nothing kiwi about the feel of the place yeah. it was kind of like a yellow dining room with um <laughs> dining white tablecloths and dining chairs but it it's in a villa so it has like two different rooms and there's like two different levels and then an outdoor terrace so yeah. um yeah i mean as i said it kind of felt like going to someone like a fancy old house or like mm. you were going to an aristocratic bloody chateau for dinner or With something. With a private chair. Was yeah. the vibe, yeah, yeah.
1: My mum was actually maitre d' of uh, Antoine's when she was at uh, university. Which would have been yeah. an epic job uh,
0: at the time, I mean, right?
1: You know, for a law student, it would be perfect, like really well paid and yeah. probably get to serve a few judges.
0: Was she proud?
1: Yeah. She's always like, you know, snuck it into the of, combo. Yeah, yeah, Thrown it out there. <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> Good honour. Um, apparently that, I'm just reading something from Metro from 2013 Alice is
1: doing active live it's research
2: said they didn't have Epos
0: yeah for a long time they. Didn't
1: what do you have do just EPOS. pay with American it's Express or uh credit uh, cards cash. get zip
0: zapped yes 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 I've had my credit card zip zapped before funny. hopefully not my credit card but someone else's I that I was dying I with I doubt it was your credit card yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um mm. there was a lot of things that Tony was very famously stubborn about right, and yep. held off um, with the convention, I mean, I think there was something about him with the FPOs fees as well, oh, and okay. on charging them. And there yep. was there's a whole lot of he's a real character, and right? So there's yep. been a bunch of um, newsworthy stands that
2: he's taken over like politics. Mis- and that adds
1: mystique, though. Like, you yeah. know, you, you, when if you're going to run a restaurant like that, you've got to have a a narrative. Yeah, you can't just be great food and. Shiny tablecloths
0: I used to like put on events for the national party and stuff as well like yeah. it 's got a very it's just a it's a it's a very particular vibe yeah Knows it's,
1: it's demographic
2: a few years ago I wrote a story <laughs> for Metro about the uh, like legends of the Auckland restaurant scene people who so it was people like um pop
0: that in the show notes while you' doll?
2: yeah I, f- I think it's online it was people like um Krishna from Prego and um Ji Ling Ching, and I
1: think Chris Rupe was it? Chris Rupe,
2: who's that guy who's also called Tony, who I think also used to work oh, with your mum,
0: Tony from Clooney. That's now Tony no, Stewart.
2: Maybe his name's not Tony. Oh, I know who you mean. Yeah, Harbicide. Yeah. yeah, that guy.
0: Uh, his name is Tony. Yeah, and I've also forgotten his surname um,
2: temporarily. And I asked Tony, I saw if he would be involved, and he would didn't want to do it. So it was shy. So. You know why? His, his legacy doesn't need cool
1: celebration. You, you know. Yeah. So Antoine's feels like you know, it's sad that it's shut down before Valentine's Day. It feels like oh, a great place yeah. to go as a, a you know, as a couple. Do you guys go out to dinner to a restaurant on Valentine's Day? To me that feels like I couldn't imagine anything worse, just sitting in a yeah. room with stacks of other couples.
0: I used to love working in restaurants on Valentine's Day. It so was I just a...
1: found it hard because there was always so many tables.
0: But it's a bit hilarious because, like, the whole restaurant gets split into twos. Yeah. And you can see a variety of things happening. Like, there's people on first dates. There's people that are madly in love. People that have got their very first babysitter.
1: People they... on last dates. Yeah,
0: <laughs> people on last dates. People that have been together for, like, 30 years. It's just... A hilarious situation, the whole thing. Oh, it, was, cheesy Tony menus?
2: Ed, it was Tony Adcock, sorry. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Like Judith ge- DeBron. Cheesy
0: menus. There was like um you know, always something really chocolatey and just it's a Val lot.
1: Bell Rona chocolate. You'd probably with, be into that ro- sort of carry on with cheese. Uh, yeah, made with rose petals. No, I because of my um because of marrying a florist, we actively hate Valentine's Day. Right. It's um, the most hellish day of... Oh year. I've noticed yeah, you've God. kept out this year. Yeah, we have... Just because it's on a Sunday, I don't want to... Millie doesn't want to work 12 days in a row uh, with Seems two fair. little boys as well. And the margins are so slim because the prices at the flower auction go through the roof. Just you know, it's not it's worth it. Not this year anyway. Yeah. Not, you know, And the weekends are so important yeah. to the family with the little boys, so Aww. not not this year
2: that's nice it's always funny when you accidentally go out for dinner on Valentine's Day like you just go out with some friends or family and it's like oh fuck in my
0: girls whatsapp this week one of the girls said girls whatsapp I've got a question I've been meaning to catch up with this guy for ages and I've accidentally suggested that we catch up on Sunday for a drink. And she's like, now I'm feeling really uncomfortable about whether I should front foot it and say, just so you know, I didn't know it was Valentine's Day, or I should go one step further and say, I didn't know it was Valentine's Day, shall we change it? And Hmm. the girls are like, whoa, 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 you don't need to cancel the date, but you can just say, like, you know, recognising this is a bit of an awkward occasion, but let's have a lol about it.
1: But is she down to fuck? Like, is it... (laughs)
0: No, probably not, probably not on a Sunday afternoon.
1: No, 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 but is that is it romantic or are they like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. old friends?
0: No, 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 it's, a, it's, a, um, it's not a platonic catch-up, I don't think. Just but it would convert. be the first drink.
1: Just uses Valentine's Day as like a little bit of added momentum. I
0: Maybe say. she should just roll <laughs> up with some flowers and
1: chocolates.
2: Mm. She could really lean into it. So um, can't, what's, yeah. that,
1: uh, what's that actually shit but tries to be fancy um, Cadbury box called? Continental. There we go, continental. I love <laughs> a continental. <laughs> like, what is the branding trying to achieve there? It's like, we're from the European continent. We are continent. C- from the continent.
2: <laughs> I don't actually, I'm not familiar. Is that a I gold one? I feel like one? they don't know if they s- continental still exists. We we're talking It's like about an upgrade recently. of roses. It's good. It's fucking right. good. It's real fancy. What does
1: continental even mean? Like, what does a continental from the con- brand From of is? The,
2: continent. Of the continent. As in from Europe. I think that's what it means. So? It's like. So Ooh, in England, in England
1: they have sausages and eggs. Yeah. And on the continent they have cereal.
2: Yeah, that <laughs> makes no sense because they don't have cereal. It hasn't,
1: so. They talk yeah. about it being of yeah,
0: <laughs> of the continent, don't they?
1: Doesn't quite work. Just
0: a stupid expression and they should really change they should change the name of that box to like, you know, a little bit fancy.
1: Australia? <laughs>
0: <laughs> in covid times that would be wild to be able to go to Australia. <laughs>
2: I used to get heaps of PR stuff when I used to get more PR shit in previous jobs. The PRs, I still get quite a lot of stuff, thank you PRs, but um, on Valentine's Day, you never Day, actually write about Yeah, the stuff they, I, that I think they've started to the realize I don't. Whereas is it like going you to
0: a party but keep getting
2: it. You know, I used and to have things where you could put a little new products and, stuff. and you shit talk them? No, we were like we didn't we didn't shit we didn't name any of the ones we shit talked. Um, but they used to always send stuff on Valentine's Day so you'd get like flowers and stuff and people oh. would be like, "Wow, Alice. i am like, "Yeah, really popular." Mm pretend it was <laughs> I remember one year really love me there this were all year. these mysterious roses from an anonymous person to various like people and I was at the Herald or something oh and yeah no everyone like I, I was like this is from a PR definitely because I was like there's no one who's sending me a single rose I'm not that kind of gal sadly but all sorts like journalists around the company were like, oh my god someone sent me a rose oh so wow. it, it's a PR mate like don't get too excited or
0: just yeah run with it (laughs) and feel great about the fact that you got a red rose from somewhere oh
2: well yeah exactly
1: and are you going out to dinner this year Sophie I know David takes you to really odd places
0: (laughs) on Um, Valentine's Day we are actually not he's going to go down to Hamilton on Saturday is Valentine's
2: Day Sunday well I just
0: looked um Bar Celeste doing like a little oyster saw that. situation. That could be fun. In people the like
2: Cazador's doing something. Quite a lot of cool places are doing cool Valentine's stuff.
0: I thought about surprising him with something, but I haven't really got very far. He's already going to do golf this week and other things. That sounds I romantic. I actually put him some golf shoes for his birthday, which I was suggested by one of the people that he plays golf with a lot because he apparently limps around in shoes that are too small for him. Um, and he didn't really want them he's like my shoes are fine thanks anyway so
1: i'm grateful yeah yeah surprise him with some oysters at celeste yeah Yeah.
0: maybe i'll just do that
1: really enjoying oysters this summer i've um, I've found the way that i think oysters like capture an experience i think it's like catching a wave body surfing you know that salty freshness and
2: oh yeah
0: love that where have the best oysters that you've eaten this summer been
2: I had some last week on Friday night at uh, Lillian. Yes. And we were served by Hugo, and I was too shy to be like, hello, you're on my podcast, but I wasn't there. <laughs> I mean, I was also a bit that drunk. chat
0: wouldn't be that great. Nah. Anyway, what would he say next? I don't know. Yeah.
2: That's I thought true. he might give me some free food or something like oh, that. But oh, no,
0: you should have milked Too that. shy to try and get free food. Yeah.
2: No, it was great, though. I had yummy tematuku oysters from Waiheke. They're so yum. I like them, and I like how they're small, because I'm not into the massive bluffies, because I'm a bit, you know, funny about... I am mean, you know, I'm pretty much a vegetarian, but I love a little tematuku. Yeah,
0: I think they're delicious as mm. well. We had some at the Oyster Inn. Um, we go there for our wedding anniversary. Because Ooh. we got married there and we went in, in the afternoon and just had just shared a dozen oysters. And Yum. I love love adore the first oyster. And mm. then I love love the second one a bit less. And yeah. they sort of start to fade out. So I'm not like a would never smash a dozen oysters. Yeah. But I ate all six of them and really loved
1: every yeah. one of them. So that was kind of like I'm a more milestone. Of a, yeah,
2: a couple a couple of oysters do me.
0: Yeah.
1: I always order two you know it's, that's a, well,
0: see David could do a dozen the people that really love them just, just can't yeah. it's like it goes the other way for them they enjoy the second
2: one more yeah. than the
0: first one and the third one more than the second it's and interesting you know,
1: people mm. who get a bit over the top about it and will have like a hundred
2: yeah. yeah Yeah. I feel like that's like a flex you know that's not real As people who are going all it, like I've, I've had 92 oysters yeah like, what's cool. in your tummy like yeah. You yeah, imagine get, that
1: get ridden up on a like a put on a uh, honors board yeah, or some yeah. shit in a, in a pub yeah. <laughs> you no, know, I can't remember where they're from. Um, but maybe Mahurangi, but uh, the, the it was at the Engine Room, also on my uh, wedding anniversary. So um, it's a great way to start.
0: Yeah, yeah. although and Millie doesn't eat them. But do you know what is so good about the Engine Room and the oysters? Which I only realised after I contrasted it to the time that I had oysters before that is that they're sitting on ice like oysters need to be really cold yeah and it's actually really gross when they're sitting on some sort of salt and you pick it up and it's like warm fish yeah it's just not great like we had some really yummy oysters and um some coromandel ones when we were in Matarangi a few weekends ago um they're just kind of delicious all over the country when Mm. they're cold and served I'm a really strong Mignonette fan, yeah, same. Lucky enough to have been sent by a friend at Saint Alice a dozen oysters the huh. other day and a bottle of Chardonnay, and Love what a it. fucking combo!
1: Alice, where is your PR like that? Like,
0: exactly. Did it,
1: where did it arrive to? To, either, to the office or to the house?
2: Oh,
0: no, to the table at Saint Alice. Oh, right.
1: I <laughs> yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. It yeah. sent? To no, a, no, no, no. Uh, we yeah. were
0: sitting there, and I think they might have actually been sent over to David because he was waiting for. Uh, Rachel Craig and I but by the time I sat down there was oysters with mignonette and there was a bottle of Chardonnay so thank you very much to Deeds and Maya
2: Kia ora. my name's Duncan Grieve and I'm Managing Editor at The Spinoff. off This podcast like so much of the work we do at The Spin-Off is made possible by the support of our members To find out more about The Spin-Off members and how you can help us keep producing quality independent journalism visit members.thespinoff.co.nz today
1: This this podcast is in danger of becoming incredibly bougie uh, for <laughs> in this danger? episode, going from Antoine's <laughs> to uh, oysters. To oysters, um, can we can we go lowbrow? Let's let's
2: let's take what it humble. What is
1: the, uh, the the most humble delicious food you've had over summer? I I think I found the best fish and chips in New Zealand, oh, which really? is in Akaroa.
0: Oh, blue cod.
1: Murphy's blue uh, cod. fish and chip joint. Yeah, a little bit hidden away out the back fish of the Fish and little...
0: aren't exactly cheap anymore, so...
1: Yeah, but they're humble. They're not posh. There's nothing in New Zealand that's cheap if you want to eat. Hmm. No, know, no, but I think it's living. really
0: interesting that we have this... It's another um, question of people expecting something that used to be the case. I'm doing some work with Scott, who owns the Fishsmith, and, like, I can tell you right now, no one is making a lot of money off fish, but people expect mm. cheap, so if they want cheap, it has to be frozen hokey, but... In Akaroa, having blue cod fish and chips the day after your wedding was the best fish and chips I've ever had in my life.
1: Yeah. Blue cod is the uh, best fish and chips I've ever had ever was on Stewart Island. Right. Uh, that was a real funny experience where, you know, you paid like 40 de bucks and had a a scoop and a piece of fish and chips. Then uh, Gwen the local, <laughs> yeah. comes in and picks up the order she had placed on her phone and sort of walking out and you're about to break her back and she had handed over a 20.
2: Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So
1: very much local and yeah. uh, tourist prices. And I appreciate that. I'm down. I don't mind. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but it was a funny experience and so delicious. I yeah. think if
0: the, if the quality matches, it's like you know what you're paying for. You've got no problem.
1: You're also yeah. on Stewart Island. Like you're getting yeah. an entire experience.
0: Yes. It's we had um fish and chips at the weekend from the uh Opinoni Hotel in the Hokkien oh, nice. Harbour. Did love you think. get the Oppo burger? No. It's just, no that just was recommended
1: kits. to me by uh, some locals. Has that yeah. got a,
0: a power fritter in it? Yes. Got oh my god. In it. So that's something we didn't get to. There's a couple of things we didn't get to, but it's just there's lots to do up there, isn't there? Yeah. We had a delicious mussel a creamy mussel and leek pie at the boatshed cafe in Rawani.
2: Oh, I love that place. Mm -hmm. Um, About you, Alice? Well, look, what have I eaten? Marmite and chip sandwich? Yeah, I feel like I did have a Marmite and chip sandwich. I think I I did. I literally was just thinking about that. I think we had one one day and I took a photo of it. So, yeah, I had a Marmite and chip sandwich with fresh white bread. That was good. I've had, I've just eaten a lot of chips, potato chips, beer and chips. Just Mm. fucking love chips. Any kind.
1: Again, not cheap, but I think humble is a watermelon. There's, oh, yeah. a, there's a there's a shortage this year because we haven't been able to import. Yeah, they're so mm. expensive. We uh, bought one for
0: like twenty dollars.
1: But if, uh, we've we've one. already talked about this uh, about two years ago, probably in one of the first episodes ever. Hmm. But Cliffs um, Organic Farm from yeah. Hamilton comes up to the Parnell Farmers Market every week, and they have the best watermelon. In the entire world, in my opinion. That's okay. so sweet. Saturday? Ooh. Saturday mornings. That's me. It's 8 sweet. till 12.
2: I've eaten quite a lot of fish caught by my family and myself. Very cost effective. Yeah.
0: Um, well,
1: I, I've actually talked to fishermen about this. Hmm. Not cost effective.
2: Oh, if you include the petrol. And, and yeah, the true. boat and yeah. the time. Catching it off the shore, which we yeah. weren't, but if you were. So Have we're it, having like
1: ikamata an and edible snapper. edible fish off the wharf? Does that even happen?
0: In uh, some people, or Marpiti, the, there was a it. bunch of people fishing off the end of the wharf, very and I,
1: very long wharf.
0: And I went and said, "What are you catching?" And the woman said, "Snapper, trevelli, kahawai." Love I
2: was it. like, "Whoa!" But like, all fish is edible. It's just you know
0: whether you want to eat it or not.
2: Whether you know, well, we've got very um, limited knowledge. limited view of what fish you know is Pākehā.
0: Well, there's a. Um, that's that whole Sanford Foods campaign about eating the lesser known fish. And I started doing it because I get off on like the $2 piece of ling that you can yeah, put in your yeah. fish curry. Yeah. It's absolutely delicious. It's I like, didn't
1: even have blue cod at the Akaroa fish and chip. I had elephant fish. Did you? Mm. Yeah. And Google so that guy.
0: Camille, okay. who works with me, is also encouraging Scott at Fishmouth to have a lesser known fish as the. Cheaper alternative, because that oh, yeah. might push people to order it and then to that understand is the
1: cost difference. It's delicious still.
0: Yeah, yeah, a lot of them are.
2: Oh, I had some good, humble Mexican food on Waiheke. There's a new little pop-up called Tacos y Masa. Oh, yeah? And they make like all home, handmade tacos and um, chilaquiles.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's good?
2: Yeah. I thought it was real good.
0: Chilaquiles was not my favorite thing in Mexico. What is that?
2: It's like bit. Is it like broken up? Like soggy it's like a tortilla. It's like a soggy tacos. Yeah. yeah my dad got the pig face one and he didn't like it, but you know he's. Pig, I, I pig got some lovely face tacos. In like the cheeks and the. Yeah, uh, and I got a young cool. cheese tamale and I got a jalapeno popper. That was good. So yeah, Marcos uh, tacos y masa on Waikiki.
1: Sounds delicious.
2: I've eaten a lot. just cooked, I would cooked quite a lot when we went up north, like big salads and stuff. My dad's had a very good tomato crop this year, been eating a lot of that.
1: I love cooking over the summer holiday. There's so much Just when you've got time. Yeah, you have have that time and you have a mandate and you often have an audience. Yeah. You've got people Mm. to, you've got lots of people to serve.
2: Yeah, like I made these big salads that my family was very impressed with and it's like, it's not that hard, but you know. Not of stone for Nancy putting like Silverton nectarines themselves. how
1: salads need to be heroed more. They can yeah, be, true. they can be so good, but so simple. Yeah, just like some cos lettuce, some you know red onion you've pickled, some parmesan, some, some almonds, some hazelnuts, and you're away. Yeah, and ah, you look so you so look so good. impressive, but it's so simple.
2: True.
0: Yeah, I, I've been really getting into the leafy green salad. I think if you know how to make a good dressing, it's the perfect accompaniment to mm. any barbecued anything, whether it's a meat or vegetable.
1: And a dress, a good dressing can be lemon juice, olive oil, and salt and pepper, like, Ooh, yeah. depending on what you're doing. It's so easy.
0: And then I found that I was just making the same vinaigrette, which I have um, <laughs> often do with like Chardonnay vinegar, um, sometimes a bit of Dijon, but... Olive oil, salt, pepper. And then I started, like, riffing on that. Call me wild. But, you Whoa. know, put a garlic clove in, totally changes the game. Crazy. Or we'll put a teaspoon of honey in, and it completely changes the salad, too. So you yeah. can actually almost have the same salad four nights in a row with four different dressings, and it's bloody delish. Mm.
1: You, Sophie, can't stop talking about your garlic press. Can you tell me about that?
0: Oh, my God. It's, it's honestly the best thing that i 'm not even typically one for a garlic press, but what I think is that if you 're cooking large amounts of food or cooking for large groups of people, whether or not you like it, you do spend quite a lot of time peeling garlic and chopping it so it 's a garlic press which has got the worst name in the world it 's called Garject what? because it has an ejection Garject. mechanism for this for the uh Skin. So you put even
1: pun queen Alice can't get down with gadget. So you put that's
2: like not, three,
0: just, yeah. you put like three or four garlic cloves in it. It's really heavy. It's like German steel, and then you squeeze it with ease because it's so well made.
2: Yeah.
0: Out comes the garlic, and then you open it up the other way, and it's got um, a black side with holes in it Ooh. that goes into the bit that the garlic just came through and pushes it all out, and then it's got a button you push and it ejects the skin. So you could do like. 12 Ooh. garlic cloves in like one Sounds minute. Sounds
1: quite fun. See, it's, I almost it's so good. I almost feel like you're missing out if your fingers don't smell like garlic. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, the other thing is that when you bend it backwards and it cleans out the holes that the garlic just went through, it also flicks it over a little thing. So you don't even need to touch it. It just goes boop and all the garlic, Ooh. crushed garlic comes off.
2: Can you bring it in next time we play with it? Quite amazing.
1: I have this weird memory from being at a Bekronga concert in Dunedin. Where I was just found myself sniffing my fingers because <laughs> I'd been chopping garlic earlier yeah. that night. I love that smell. Yeah.
2: And now, whenever you hear Bekrunga, do you like I smell garlic? garlic. No,
1: now, whenever I sniff my fingers, I think of Bekrunga.
2: Oh, okay. She'd love that, I'm sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I got this really amazing cookbook from my sister for Christmas. And I've noticed that it's it's quite simple in its makeup and that you can pretty much make stuff from what you've got normally. Mm. So if you've got some tomatoes at home, um, one of the things they made was a dish that's kind of, well, tonnato is like a tuna mayonnaise. Yeah. Vitello tonnato is the veal dish yeah. that's famous with that. But this was um, Vitello tomato. So anyway. Oh,
2: what book is that? I feel like I've seen that.
0: Danielle Alvarez. It's called Always Add Lemon. Oh, maybe God, not. it's good. Anyway, like, make a delicious mayonnaise that's kind of on the same theme as making a great dressing. And then you mm. just cut tomatoes and put them on top of it. Yeah. like grill some bread as well and it's like this delicious you know tuna's got that really savory kind of like yeah. umami flavor and then with tomatoes
1: just so delicious like little it all sings to me about summer like a, i don't think we appreciate how much fun it is that more fun it is to eat in summer oh yeah, yeah. do you know
0: what we did on new Barbecues? year's eve a big paella and we did them Ooh. on the on the barbecue yeah And it was just Just like... Just put the dish on the... Yeah, straight on the... Yeah, we had two... They were side by side and I did like... I've got a whole book on paella so I like read through it, decided what I was doing, made the sofrito, grated all the tomatoes. Like you can do a lot of it in advance so it's really fun, which is probably what it's for, like a party kind of environment. Um, And then you just leave it and so we just you basically just let it cook down for an hour, the sofrito. And we just did that, hanging out with everyone and then... In goes the rest of the stuff, and it's like 35 minutes from there. And it yeah. was so delicious.
1: How do you guys use recipes? Because I've found that I am I really struggle with uh, meal kits because they're so prescriptive. Mm-hmm. Like I can't handle the um, look at the that little printed out sheet and then go back to my dish and yeah, yeah. back to the sheet and back to my dish. What I'll do if I'm using a... Uh, a recipe, and this obviously won't work for baking and probably why I don't bake, but I'll read it at work, mm. maybe read a few like around it, do some yeah. supplementary reading and sort of put three together for the dish I'm wanting to make and then not read it again and just get the ingredients list. and Opposite of me. And then I, I just can't... I use it as inspiration and guidance for the bits I don't know or understand.
0: Which is totally... then I will not go back to it over and over again. With savoury cooking. And I think it depends on who wrote the recipes and how much you trust them. Because if I'm cooking from someone's recipe that I really respect, then I'm cooking exactly what they tell me to do. Because I believe that the end result will be better if I stick to what they would do.
2: I do a bit of both. Sometimes I often Google recipes for inspiration and then just use it like Simon would. But yeah, so if I'm cooking from a recipe, and probably because I've spent a lot of time editing recipes in past jobs, I'm quite interested in how they explain stuff, and I like...
1: Real art-to-writing recipes, eh? Yeah, there
2: is. And yeah, always, you know when they're like... things
0: testing's very particular thing.
2: Saute the onions for five minutes until translucent. It's like, that's not fucking five minutes, man. That's going to take 20, maybe.
0: But yeah. also, I think because of being involved in that process as well, I have a lot of respect for the recipe. Because yeah. Because I know that it's been tried. Tested, what yeah. if we did three minutes? What if we did five minutes? Yeah. What if we did seven minutes? Or what if we did two onions? What if we did one? And yeah. All of that's been tried, mm. and the, the answer was that they decided to do it this way and you know everyone's got different tastes but Mm. for me I'm just like nothing makes me feel like I know better than Jamie Oliver's squad of people that have put together you know I do it the way that he intended always the first time and then if I want to riff on it I'll do that next
2: time yeah
1: and Sophie you've been hosting uh, some really fun events at the village basically giving people lessons on how to cook different yeah,
0: ways so um, we've been doing a series called "The Art of Cooking" and it's really interesting. So the first one was uh, Hercules Noble teaching everyone how to make sourdough. Great right name!
1: There's Strong so name, many man, sexy yeah. sourdough bakers, bread bakers. Eh?
2: Yeah, it's it's like he's been formed out of some sort of factory that would make a sourdough baker instructor. Yeah. No, let's call him Hercules Noble.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's really great, and he discovered his love for sourdough in lockdown. He actually does catering as well. But the thing that I thought was quite interesting about that is that I thought sourdough, the trend, was kind of lockdown-related and had come and gone. But his class basically sold out.
2: Yeah, well, I think it's been seconds. a growing trend for a while. That's yeah, because it happened I used before to, lockdown, yeah,
1: and then everyone like went bonkers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I and think it's held on yeah. because it is.
2: For me, Generally I got
1: really
0: good. into it because I wasn't near, like we're spoiled in Auckland for choice. I'm not going to make sourdough um, in true. Auckland when I can go down the road and get it for like $7, you know. But um, we were in lockdown in a remote place where we couldn't, mm. yeah, so I had motivation. Anyway, so Hercules taught everyone to make uh, sourdough and he does some cool stuff. Like he's doing a sweet one that's got orange and chocolate in it. Ooh, so yeah, chocolate bread. It's... Way better than a bloody donut or a croissant, if you ask yeah. me, with chocolate. Yeah. Um. And then the second one was Sam Mannering doing puddings. It was the art of dessert. And he's really, um, I mean, he's got billions of recipes on stuff for having written a column over the years. Um, and he did some quite interesting. He did a tart tartan. He did a um, cobbler. Yeah. What's a cobbler? Well, I'd love to know what the origin is. But to me, it's like a British origin thing which I is thought like it was American oh is
2: it? peach cobbler oh my god isn't it like yeah. it's kind of like a crumble with like a scone topping isn't it? Remind no well
0: it's fruit with a kind of scone topping you yeah. basically make a batter with flour and then you spoon it on top of the fruit and then bake it right. but Sam's one was actually the other way around so he made the mm. batter put it at the bottom with butter and then spooned the fruit on top of that and mm. as it cooked the batter kind of cooked up through the um, fruit very very sweet but cool to learn how to do, and then he did like a um, a Japanese souffle cheesecake. So yeah. some brilliant person in Japan, because they do everything so perfectly, got the cheesecake from America and the souffle from France and put them together. And Genius. it only had like eighty grams of sugar in it, so it was like way more to my taste. Like I found a cobbler really sweet, and it had you just. It's like a whippy situation, and then you bake it and serve it with raspberries, and it was great.
2: Yeah. Do you want to know about the history of cobblers? I do, please. Originated in the British American colonies. Oh, does that mean we're both right? Yeah. English settlers <laughs> English what settlers were unable to make traditional suet puddings due to lack of suitable ingredients and cooking equipment, so instead covered a stewed filling with a layer of uncooked plain biscuits, scone batter, or dumplings.
1: Cool. I'd love to do more historical reading about food because it's fascinating like, yeah. how did someone come up with cheese you know just with like beer. yeah like,
0: my mum always says got it was a real brave gross, man that
1: first ate a raw oyster she, yeah, <laughs> you know and um, no, that's you would have had to yeah raw oysters were eaten ages ago because people were hungry and didn't know how to cook
2: i think cheese went from when i did a cheese course once i think it was like them carrying around milk and they're like those little baggy things and it there's some story and then it kind of that you looks know, like
0: a coloscopy bag yeah I'm just sort of doing something with my hand <laughs> that makes his, yeah <laughs> <It's> <laughs> lucky.
2: Um, And then, okay, we have we
0: had another one last night, which was with Tracy Sean Bennett, which was called the Art of Plant Based Cooking. Yeah. As you guys know, I had a bit of a vegan stint last year, so I was interested Mm. in that.
1: You're our in-house Duncan (laughs) Garner.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it didn't last all that long because of the second lockdown. yeah. Yeah. Um, But I thought that it was Tracy Sean Bennett, she's called The Reckless Foodie, and she made some really delicious things. She did a scrambled tofu, she did a brown rice salad, and she made a chocolate macaroon. And I thought, you know, I spent a lot of my time cooking and I still learnt a lot. And then last of all is next week, we've got uh, Polly Marcus from Miss Polly's Kitchen. And she's doing um, the art of dinner parties. So she's going to demonstrate what she would cook if she was hosting a dinner party, and I think there are still tickets to that one.
1: It is it is such an art as well, doing um, cooking for, say, ten people, making it delicious but not stressing yourself out. Yeah.
2: Yes. I find cooking for anyone other than myself stressful.
0: I don't. It's I just don't do it enough.
2: No, I did – like, I'm fine with cooking for family and stuff, but as soon as – But Alice, you're know.
0: actually quite a good cook, and yeah, I just, a lot of um, people are not, so – you should probably just go into it. Well, so when I have confident. like friends
2: around, I just want to drink and stuff, and then I get distracted and I'm scared I'll mess up my dinner.
0: Honestly, the paella was perfect for that. You get it all ready yeah, before they get there. It's kind of simmering away, and by the time it was ready to serve, I mean, I was arguably too drunk to enjoy it.
1: <laughs> Let's go get some tickets to the art of the dinner party with Miss Polly's Kitchen. Uh, that's at the Village... What's the what's the website address?
0: Uh, Thevillagenz.com Great. Great.
1: Very nice to have you all back in the room.
2: Nice yeah. to be here. Happy
1: Valentine's Day. Happy
2: Galentine's Day, Sophie and Tina. Is it called
0: Galentine's? That's so
2: good. That's from um, I don't know some program. I'm into that. Yeah.
1: It's way. So if such you don't, a if like, disgusting tradition. Yeah. Really
2: screwed mind. men. Galentine's. <laughs> fuck the patriarchy. Not, yeah. Fuck
1: the Galentine's. Dudes are dicks. I'll see
0: yeah. you for an oyster on Sunday.
2: Woo! Let's do it. Okay. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Thanks. Tina.
0: Thanks, Tina.
1: Well done, Antoine. Yeah, good on you.
0: Take a bow. Yeah.
2: Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Talo for Lover, I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spinoff. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a spin-off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz donate.
0: The Spinoff Podcast Network.